0: Hello, welcome back. This is going to be Lesson 9 of Pastor Merritt's Old Testament Overview. This lesson is going to be through page 7, and then part B will be 7 through the finish of this lesson. Remember, you can go to westbankbiblechurch.com and get the PDF outline and follow along, and if you want to get ahead, you can go in there, and all 142 lessons are already published in written form. Before we begin, let's remember First John 1, 9, as may or may not be necessary. Old Testament Overview Lesson 9 Point one, many skeptics have expressed doubt that a flood of the proportions described in the Bible ever took place. For this reason, I decided last lesson to review several articles published by Probe Ministries, which tend to support the biblical account of a great worldwide flood. Point two, there are numerous scientific studies which both refute and support the flood In fact, many paleontologists, stratigraphers, geologists, and anthropologists have concluded a plethora of scientific problems are solved when a worldwide flood is assumed. Point three. The flood, it seems, answers some very interesting questions about the Earth's crust. Now let's move to the biblical account of the flood. Point one we will begin with a study of the problem. For you see, the flood was a solution to a serious divine dilemma. The problem precipitating the solution began with a special coterie of fallen angels ultimately confined in a special place called Tartaros. 1.1. They were so confined because of their role in the cohabitation with the antediluvian women point 2 let's first look at the related scriptures which are scattered all over the bible god scattered them for a purpose but as you by now know all subjects in the bible need to be studied categorically second peter chapter 1 verse 20 and 21 knowing the first That no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. 2.1 Any private interpretation is better its own interpretation, i.e., not isolated from what the Scripture states elsewhere. Genesis, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. For that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented to the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 4 and 5 For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, Tartaros, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18-20 through 20. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Jude chapter 1 verse 6, And the angels which kept Tereo, Not their first estate, arche, but left their own, Idios, habitation, Oikos, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Point three. Angels had the power to appear in human form. In prior dispensations, elect angels were often used to communicate divine messages, 3.1. As earlier noted, fallen angels still actively engage themselves either by demon possession, in the case of unbelievers, and demon control, in the case of believers. 3.2. Today, however, there is no extra biblical revelation, but there are false teachers to distort that which God has provided. Galatians. Chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let them be accursed. Second Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 12, 13, 14, and 15. And I will keep on doing what I am doing, in order to cut the ground from under those who want an opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising. Then, If his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. Point four, angels are of neuter gender, although they chose to be masculine when they cohabitated with women just before the flood, no doubt at the command of Satan and in fulfillment of his plan. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Point five, these angels are now reserved for judgment, and so confined in order that they cannot again repeat their perfidy five point one Because Christ went to Tartarus after his victory on the cross, they also know of his victory in the angelic conflict. Second Peter chapter two verse four <clears throat> for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. First Peter chapter 3, verse 19 and 20 By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Five point two, there is a certainty of judgment, says Jude. Jude chapter one verse six, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Point six, Tartarus. Six point one, to understand better this place and the identification of its inhabitants, I am going to repeat by providing a review of the doctrine of Tartarus. Point one, this doctrine will answer the question, to which spirits did our Lord preach in hell? Point two, the doctrine of Tartarus is a study of a special cadre of fallen angels and confined in a place called Tartarus, and translated in 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 4, hell. Second Peter, chapter 2, verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, Tartarus, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. Point three, let's start at the beginning with Satan's plan to corrupt civilization and abrogate God's grace plan for salvation. Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wise of all which they chose. 3.1. Some number of fallen angels elected to leave their first estate, i.e. their angelic form, and take on that of man. This was done for the purpose of cohabitating with the fair ladies of earth in order to impregnate them. The result would be a half-angel and half-man, ergo a hybrid would be incapable of salvation. Given our knowledge of Satan's table of organization, we must conclude these fallen angels, like all fallen angels were under the authority of Satan. Genesis chapter 6 verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. 3.2. These sordid events took place 120 years before the flood. Genesis 6.4. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. 3.3. It is here mythology comes to our aid. There are many myths handed down from generation to generation of super creatures like Hercules, Apollo, Jupiter, Jason, etc. These creatures were capable of superhuman feats. Could these creatures have been real or were they mythology? Genesis chapter 5 verses 5 through 8. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing, And the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 3.4 God clearly took note of Satan's nefarious plan to corrupt civilization. Genesis 6, verse 9 These are the generations of Noah. Noah was just a man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. 3.5 Noah was said to be a just man and perfect in his generation, says Genesis 6, verse 9. A better translation would be Noah was perfect in his genetic makeup. He and his family had not been corrupted by Satan's insidious plan. And Noah begat three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and, behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and, behold, I will destroy them with the earth. 3.6. God, after seeing the work of Satan and his subalterns, decided the earth will be destroyed by water, and Noah and his family will be instructed to build an ark. It will soon rain for the very first time the enormous band of water surrounding planet earth would soon descend in torrents. Genesis chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. Point four Noah in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5, was said to be a preacher of righteousness. His preaching was not to evangelize, but to announce there would soon be rain. Noah made clear in his preaching just what was about to take place and that he was following god's orders second peter chapter 2 verse 5 and spared not the old world but saved noah the eighth person a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly point 5 just what will become of the fallen angels who sinned just before the flood can only be ascertained by an analysis of several related New Testament scriptures. Point six. Let's begin our search by defining the word Tartarus. Zondervan, in his lexicon, has written, Tartarus, translated in the Latin, Tartarus, which in the mythology of the ancients was that part of Hades where the wicked were confined and tormented. Point seven, Paul needed a word to describe the place of punishment selected for the demons who left their first estate in order to impregnate the women of planet earth. Satan had devised what he thought was a perfect plan, a hybrid creature that could not be saved. Point eight, Satan did not foresee the faithfulness of Noah and his family. Eight people perfect in their generations, we can only conjecture the pressure they must have been under. Point nine, the best way to continue our analysis of where the demons would be placed and what ramification their imprisonment would have on future events is best determined by a review of several New Testament passages and a couple of charts. Second Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, Tataros, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Point 10. Clearly, these two verses gives us insight as to the timing of the acts of angelic infamy. Clearly, these events took place just before the flood. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 18 through 20. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. Point 11. Christ is said to be empowered by the Holy Spirit for his trip to Tartarus, where he preached to the evil spirits imprisoned in a place of darkness until the Judgment Day. Apparently, these demons will be released during God's judgment of Earth. We will see more of these events later. The time of their release will take place during the Tribulation. Jude, chapter 1, verse 6, And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Point 12. Let's review what we know about the acts of Christ during his three days in the grave. Ephesians, chapter 4 verses 8 through 10. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Point 13. During the three days in the grave, Christ made two trips. He went to Sheol, or Hades, as it is also called, to transport the souls of the believers from paradise to heaven. He also went to Tartarus, to let the Genesis 6 gang, those who had attempted to corrupt civilization, know that his victory was complete. Point 14. Sheol is a duplex, where on one side we find the beggar, Lazarus, being confronted by Abraham, and on the other side we find the rich man in terrible pain and suffering, and begging for a return trip to earth to warn his brothers. Let's first look at a chart describing the compartments of Hades with comment. So if you're following along on the outline on the website, you can see the chart for those of you that are on the podcast, the top of it says the compartment of Hades. Then at the bottom it says torments and the arrow to the right, to the Great White Throne, and then an arrow going down, Lake of Fire, Hell, Tophet, Gehanna, and Second Death. Just above Torments, in the same large box, which is the Great Gulf Fixed, it is Paradise, Abraham's Bosom. Just above that is Hades. Arrow pointing up to another box, New Paradise, Third Heaven, and to the right, coming back down, is the kingdom. Point 15. The scriptures teach us that Christ went to Hades to transport the believers, resident in Sheol, in the bosom of Abraham, to the new paradise. Whether Christ went first to Hades is not known. It is possible he went to Tartarus first and then Hades. What we do know with a great deal of certainty is that he did go to Sheol and Tartarus during his three days in the grave. Point 16, the trip to Tartarus was made to tell the Genesis 6 gang. The conflict is over, and he is victorious. And there's another chart we have, and it's the compartment of Hades. And at the bottom left is Tartarus, and then big box, and inside that box is Torments, Gulf, Paradise, Abraham's bosom, and and outside the two smaller boxes, Hades and Sheol, in the middle is the great white throne, and large box to the right, Lake of Fire, Hell, Tophet, Jinnah's second death. And I'm sure I am mispronouncing Jinnah. Point 17. Now let's see what future events await these special demons inhabiting Tartarus. Point eighteen, recall Jude six, where we learn the Genesis six gang is reserved in everlasting chains until or unto the judgment of the great day. Jude one six, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day. Point 19, let's look at Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 11, by which some have concluded the Genesis 6 gang is part of Satan's tribulation force. Revelations chapter 9, verses 1 through 11, And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men, and they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. We're going to stop right there. And so you'll be looking at point 20. If you want to uh, mark your spot, which we'll be picking up when we meet again. And what I'll likely do is start at the top of page 8, And go through uh, Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 11 as review before we pick up next time. As always, thank you for listening. We do appreciate you. We know that you're praying for Pastor Merritt, and we do appreciate that, and he's praying for you. Let's close with, remember, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. So long.